You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on all the upcoming exciting new projects in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Of course, we've got Rogue One less than two months away now, um, and we've got some exciting stuff to talk about as well regarding Episode 8 and the uh, Han Solo standalone film and uh, all that good stuff. So let's jump right into it. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. I'm doing great. I mean, how can I not be doing great? We're just, I like to say, just a little over a month away from Rogue One, because that makes it sound closer than saying less than two months. So we're just a little over a month away. We're in November. We're going to be in December before you know it. We just had a four-year anniversary of when Disney bought Lucasfilm. We had the announcement, which marks the four-year anniversary of this podcast. So that's awesome. That is true. Yeah, so a lot of cool stuff going on. And who would have thought? Before we started the podcast and we got that news that we'd have episode seven, we'd be a month away from another, the first standalone Star Wars movie and the Cubs win the World Series. I mean, that seems like an impossible dream. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> the last one more so than the first two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. I wonder what, what, what a Cubs fan would have thought if you had told them back in 1983 that, hey, there's going to be a Star Wars Episode Seven that comes out before your team wins the World Series again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What would they have thought was more, like, so far-fetched and never going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Or that winning the World Series. But now they got both. Now so. they've got both. Cubs fans got Cubs fans slash Star Wars fans got to be super excited about this year. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, not really. I mean, I guess they could have gone without tying it up in the... Uh, eighth or ninth (laughs) inning first but you know i mean we could go on about that all night but it's a star wars podcast not a baseball podcast so (laughs) it just added to the drama and made the win that more special so (laughs) yeah but uh anyway let's jump right into the news here um we'll get to the rogue one stuff in a minute but first off hello what have we here We have a new actor playing Lando Calrissian. That's what we have. Um, And it was just announced. uh, Well, I guess it's been like a couple weeks now. But uh, Donald Glover is officially uh, has been cast to play Lando in the Han Solo uh, spinoff standalone anthology Star Wars story, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
You know, real quick, before we get into Donald Glover, I just got to say, I did find it a little curious in the official press release. It, they're calling it the Han Solo standalone film. They're not calling it a Star Wars story. Like, you think that'd be the name for all of these, but it makes me think maybe it's going to have a different subtitle than Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So I don't know. I just found that a little curious no. when they had this press release for it. See, this is what I've been saying all along. I think the official title is going to still have a Star Wars story in it, but... They just haven't settled on a title yet. Um, I mean, everyone, I've even seen some websites calling it like Han Solo, a Star Wars story, but they haven't officially released a, or officially announced the title for the movie yet. Mm. Um, although it's probably going to have something to do, you know, it's probably going to be called Han Solo or just Solo or Han and Chewie or, uh, I don't know, scruffy looking nerf herders or something like that. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I want that to be the title now. <laughs> I kind of do too, actually. I mean, I guess it depends on how much of a comedic spin they're trying to put on it. Um, but regardless, like they're they're just not going to announce part of the title when they haven't announced the full title yet. But this is exactly my problem with the Star Wars story thing. Is you know they're they're just not saying. Donald Glover cast as the young Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo uh, Star Wars story film, like, because just referring to that group of movies as the Star Wars story films, I don't know, it still sounds weird, yeah. and obviously <laughs> someone in the Disney PR department agrees with me, because they didn't use that. Nope, that's, yeah, it was so much better to say the Han Solo anthology film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we don't need a uh, beat that dead horse again. <laughs> no. I mean, talk. I'm always up for beating that dead horse, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to bring it up. Yeah. Oh, see, you got me going already. Um, <laughs> we were talking before we started recording about what's our tangent going to be this time. Well, there it is. Yep, didn't take long either. <laughs> bring back the anthology. Um, <laughs> but the anyway, back to the actual news. Um, I mean, I think this is pretty cool. I don't, I, I'm not super familiar with Donald Glover's work, but I definitely, you know, I know his name, I know his face, and I remember, I think we talked about this too, um, maybe a few weeks ago, there was sort of a, a murmur going around that um, he might have been in consideration to play the role, or that he was like the director's first choice, and that, you know, a lot of fans were excited about it, Um and I mean, obviously, if he actually was the director's first choice, then it's not really surprising that he ended up getting cast. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you hear a rumor about something like that and then the fans get all excited and they're like, oh, my gosh, he would be so perfect. And then it turns out that, I mean, either they try to make it happen and it doesn't work because of scheduling issues or whatever, or it just turns out that, you know, people were kind of just jumping at shadows and it was never really a substantial thing to begin with. Um, so it's nice to see this come to fruition. Um and, uh, I mean, it's it's cool to think about the idea of, you know, getting to revisit some of these original trilogy characters, too, and, uh, you know, younger modern actors getting to uh, kind of fill those shoes again. Because um, I think, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show before or not, but I'm sure we've all had discussions about, like, you know, if they ever did a reboot of Star Wars or something, like, what actors nowadays would you want to play like luke and han and leia and stuff and now it's like we kind of get to see that happen without them having to go ahead and do a remake of star wars because you know like i don't really want to see them do that yeah Um, i don't think anyone does and obviously at this point with with disney having acquired it now and the fact that they're going ahead with uh you know the sequel trilogy like at this point they obviously have no plans of rebooting the originals um 
both because they're occupied doing other stuff and because I think they have the common sense not to tread on something so sacred. Um, you know, even though, despite the fact that you keep hearing rumors about, oh, they should remake the prequel trilogy, which still, I'm like, eh, could it be better? Yeah, but should they just leave it alone? Yeah. Um, definitely, But yeah. they're, they're <laughs> definitely not going to remake the original trilogy, though. So, but, you know, again, at the same time, it's cool that we get to see, you know, new modern incarnations of Han and Lando and Chewie and, you know, who who knows who else we'll see in this movie. Um but yeah, I think it's really cool. And honestly, like at this point, I don't know why, but I'm more excited to see Lando and Chewie in this movie than I am for Han. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, and, and maybe it's just because like when they first announced that there was going to be a young Han Solo movie, like that's all we knew was that Han was going to be in it. And it was like, eh, okay. And, I'm, you know, I think also um, I was kind of one of those people that was like, eh, do we really need a young Han Solo movie like eh, I don't know could be cool but like I want to see them branch out into other areas and not just do stuff you know focusing on you know original trilogy backstories and stuff like that that was like my original thought I mean now I am actually pretty excited for this movie um but it's just the the initial thought of seeing Han Solo in a movie just didn't get me super excited because it was like well, okay, they're doing a Han Solo movie, so duh, Han's going to be in it. But then as you start thinking about it more, and it's like, ooh, maybe we could see him meet Chewie for the first time. Maybe we could, uh, you know, see him winning the Falcon from Lando and stuff like that. And you start thinking about other characters that they could bring in and other moments that we might get to see. And then we start getting confirmation on some of those. Um, It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty awesome. In fact, I don't know, have we even gotten official confirmation that Chewie's going to be in this movie, or is it just something that everybody's assuming? No, the confirmation we got was Bob Iger mentioned it in an interview. Okay. So, yeah, that would I make think that's sense. pretty official. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, like, I don't think we'd need official confirmation on that because you kind of have to have that anyway, especially if Lando is going to be in there. Like, yeah, I don't know. That, those, the, both of those characters are very closely tied to Han's backstory. And, you know, I think they could have a lot of fun with that. So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. So. Yeah, when this got announced, I mean, because we heard the rumors, so it wasn't like a shock, like oh wow, Lando's gonna be in it. But it was still good to get that confirmation that yes, Lando is definitely gonna be in it because that's because as you said, the part of Han Solo's history that we want to see, and that fact that Donald Glover is gonna be playing him is pretty much the perfect casting. I think <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be great in the role. So it's kind of those two things that got you excited: one that Lando is in it, and the actor who's playing him. I think it's gonna be great. So. Yeah, this, this when I got the news, it made me think, man, I can't wait for this Han Solo movie. It's still a few years out, but like I want to see it right away. But oh wait, we got Rogue One coming out <laughs> in just a little over a month, and then Episode Eight the year after that. So I just love how whenever we get a new announcement for a different Star Wars movie, that's the one that just gets me so excited and pumped for at that given time. Mm-hmm. And then you got other ones to look forward to before that. It's just so awesome. But yeah, then it just makes me speculate as far as what kind of a role Lando is going to play in this movie. And we talked about this kind of as we were uh, playing Battlefront a few weeks ago, where is it going to be something where we see the meeting of Han Solo and Lando Carrizan for the first time, or are they ready to be established as, you know, friends already? And even on, I think we talked about the previous episode too, where I think it would work better if it's the latter, where they already have an established friendship and we kind of see that big moment, which I think even there's been, talks that we are going to see that where 
Han wins the Falcon from Lando. I mean, that's going to be mm-hmm. one of probably the biggest moments of the film. And to see that play out on screen, I think is going to be awesome. And that's what's going to be excited for this movie. And I know he's, I've said this before too. This is the one Star Wars movie that doesn't have every fan excited. Some of them don't think they should even bother with a young Han Solo movie. But really, when you start to think about it, I think we're going to get some special stuff in here. And we're going to see... More than likely, Han winning the Falcon from Lando, the meeting of Han and Chewie, like you mentioned, which I think could be something special and just one of the best moments of this of Star Wars if it's done right. And especially knowing what happens to Han in the Force Awakens, I think that's going to help make that first meeting between those two even more special. That's going to be great. And this, who knows what other surprises are going to be in store for us? It's probably going to be um, the probably the most fun Star Wars movies are going to be with the directors, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. Uh, behind it, and then we got the script from Lawrence Kasdan and his son. So there's a lot of great just information and pieces coming together for this movie that just got me more and more excited for it. So and having Lando in it's just another one of those pieces. So yeah, just great to get this officially announced and just have uh, your excitement grow for this movie. At least it did for me when I heard that. So yeah, it was just great news to get when it got officially announced. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah, this one I am definitely like I am officially I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as speculation about stuff that we might see happen, I think I'm, I, my prediction slash hope, you know, what I would like to see is that, um, I want to see the, the first meeting of Han and Chewie, and I think they could just have it where Han and Lando already know each other. Um, and Lando just kind of comes into the story like he does in empire. Um, but yeah. I think it, I think it would really be cool to see, um han win the falcon from lando obviously but i also i could actually see that being like the very end of the movie i don't know that the millennium falcon is necessarily going to play a huge role in this um and it could be a tough call because it can make it where you know that's the ship they need for whatever the big final sequence of the film is gonna happen with but Han has to get that ship and then like for the final like action sequence that's where you see the falcon but Mm. i could see what you mean too or maybe something happens where he does need to ship and that's where the movie ends where he just gets the Falcon and the, the last shot is like him and Chewie going on board of it or just staring at it. And the last shot is you see just a big wide shot of the Falcon and then it goes to the credits. I don't know. Those well, no, could be pretty I, cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't think the last, I, I don't think we're going to see the Falcon for the first time at the very end of the movie. It's not going to be like Luke in the force awakens. I think you know, when they go visit Lando, like maybe he'll have it. Maybe the Falcon will actually play a big role in the movie. Maybe, you know, whatever action scene or heist job or whatever they're trying to pull off, like towards the end of the movie, maybe they're in the Falcon, but it's just Lando flying it. And then just kind of the resolution of the movie after they're done with all the action, after they've, you know, achieved their goal or whatever, it's just Han and Lando sitting mm-hmm. around playing cards and one thing leads to another Lando ends up betting his ship on it. And the last thing you see in the movie is Han and Chewie getting in the Falcon, taking off and, you know, taking off into hyperspace and then, you know, cut to end credits. Yeah. That's another good way too. And it makes you think what's Han going to bet against Lando and the Falcon. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like is the MacGuffin in the movie, baby? gonna be what han bets and then he ends up getting both by the end i don't know i don't know and then we also too maybe we'll find out that line han says in the empire when he's going to cloud city well 
that was a long time ago. I'm sure he's forgotten about that. Because I don't think that's the Falcon he's referring to, him losing it, because they played it pretty casual when they actually do talk to each other on the landing platform of Cloud City. Because I think that's something separate where he mentions that. So maybe we'll find out what that is <laughs> that he hopes Lando forgot. That That's a good point. Um, I guess I've kind of always assumed that it was probably, you know, Han taking his ship, but it could be something else and it could be something that we might see in this movie so yeah, i don't think you expect lando to forget that either <laughs> losing the millennium falcon no obviously not but yeah i don't know i i don't know that george lucas necessarily had a specific thing in mind um when he wrote that i think it was just something that kind of referenced that there was already an established previous history between the two characters and that even though they're friends you know, there may have been some rocky moments at times. You know, a reason for Lando to at first seem, you know, like he's maybe not so happy to see them when they get there. So, so I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we see the movie. But, um, yeah, I think great casting choice. And uh, so far, just a lot of exciting. Well, I shouldn't maybe say a lot, but everything that we've heard so far about this movie um, seems exciting and uh, like this is going to be pretty fun i mean we still don't know a whole lot about it yet but um yeah just knowing the tone that they're going for and the directors involved and that we're going to see han and chewy and lando together again um yeah scruffy nerf herders 2018 let's do it <laughs> and the sequel uh scruffy move milkers <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right well let's get back to talking about uh the next upcoming Star Wars movie that, again, is going to be here in uh, just over a month, um, and that is Rogue One. Um, you know, we talked about the uh, latest trailer on our last episode, and now, um, you know, it seems like the marketing and hype and stuff is really starting to go into full swing for this. I mean, obviously still not the insane levels of hype that we had last year for The Force Awakens, but I don't know that anything's ever going to top that again. Um but, you know, there, you've probably started to notice uh, there's Rogue One TV commercials going on now. Um, I know there's like one from Nissan and uh, Duracell one that's, you know, another one of those ones that tries to tug on your heartstrings. Um, and then I think there's like a Gillette one, too. So, um, yeah. Oh, really good quality production wise yes definitely yeah not really any like new movie footage in there or anything but lots of cool effects and stuff and you know they make it seem like it's almost something right out of the movie except with like cars and batteries and stuff <laughs> and um, <razor> blades. <laughs> yeah and uh but they are going to be showing a new sneak peek of rogue one um on thanksgiving day um on abc they're having this uh disney i think it's like the wonderful world of disney holiday celebration or something like that um and during that uh special on tv they're going to be uh, showing a new sneak peek of rogue one which i think is probably going to be like a new tv spot like we got last year for the force awakens because they did something similar for that so um Definitely, you know, tune in or set your DVR or just check YouTube a few minutes after it airs, whatever you want to do, um, if you want to see some new Rogue One footage. So should be pretty cool to get that. Yeah, I mean, just another date to mark your calendar with to see new Star Wars footage. And that's always a great thing. I remember last Thanksgiving, out of the blue, there came, it wasn't a new trailer, but it was like a new short little TV spot for The Force Awakens. I was like the first time we saw that uh, shot on Starkiller Base where you saw it firing its energy beam and you saw the red skies. 
And that, was, that was like the standout shot from that little TV spot on that Thanksgiving day. So, and then they did a wait. You actually similar. saw it like firing the beam. No, remember just that shot where you, you see General Hux from behind and he's looking out in the sky and the sky, it goes red. Oh, like okay. First time we saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, are you talking about the one where you see Finn ignite the lightsaber? Like the thing they put on Instagram? No, because I'm pretty sure it was like a short little TV spot or trailer for on Thanksgiving Day they put out. And that was like, the, at least for me, the main news shot that stood out was seeing okay. Starkiller Base lit up like that with the red sky which i thought was cool but. okay yeah it might, it might have been a new tv spot or something um yeah so if, i mean if it's becoming a new like thanksgiving tradition to get little new star wars teases for each movie i mean that's cool yeah because <laughs> obviously i mean i don't think any of us will ever forget you know thanksgiving weekend of 2014 oh man <laughs> <laughs> nothing's gonna top that nope although was that it was was it the monday after that we finally got to see that online uh, no, they put it, remember, it was supposed to be exclusively for theaters that weekend, but then because it was so limited and they wanted to try to avoid like bootlegs and all that, that they announced like the day before, I believe, or two days before that it's going to be online when uh, it releases. Right. Too, so. Oh, you know, maybe time. I just had to work that day. Okay. Yeah. So it was like the Friday after Thanksgiving. Cause I remember yeah. Thanksgiving night getting home and checking online and stuff. But then I was like, why do I remember like watching it at work? And I guess I must have had to work that next day. Yeah, that's where I stayed up all night, just checking mm-hmm. every hour. <laughs> Man, but that was fun. Good times, yeah. Good times indeed. But, uh, yeah, so we'll have some new Rogue One fo- uh, footage to look forward to on Thanksgiving. Um, there's a new – well, I don't know if I should say new, but um, you know, some further information from a source, I guess. Uh, this is from Star Wars Newsnet um, talking about the opening of Rogue One, and they're saying – um, that they've got information from a, a extremely credible source saying that the movie will open with have or have a different opening than the uh, traditional Star Wars title crawl, which um, you know not a huge surprise. I mean, we've talked about that a lot in detail about you know should they do the crawl, should they do something different? If so, what should they do that's different? Um, and yeah, I still don't know what to expect as far as like how this movie is going to open, but I I still am of the opinion that you know i i want them i want to see them do something that's uh you know kind of sets these um standalone anthology spin-offs whatever you want to call them uh <laughs> sets those apart from you know, the main storyline of the saga films so um i'm kind of expecting it to have something different anyways and now you know these guys are saying that they've uh you know kind of just got more evidence of that um I don't know that we'll get a confirmation one way or the other you know, officially, like from Lucasfilm or from Gareth Edwards or Kathleen Kennedy or anybody like that. Um, now that we're so close to the movie, they'll probably just let people wait and see for themselves. But um, I mean, that's just one of the many things I'm excited to see in Rogue One is to you know go in and see. Okay, so it's gonna be the first one of these standalone films is gonna be the first star wars live action movie with music that's not done by john williams it's going to be the first one without a crawl it's you know going to have all this cool stuff in there so first one without jedi um so it's going to be a lot of firsts for rogue one and uh yeah very uh, excited and interested to see how this all plays out yeah i remember when we were talking about before how i was kind of 50 50 on whether it'd be best for the film if it had the crawl or if it didn't but now with all this this report and you know even how Kathleen Kennedy and Gareth Edwards have said they're still trying to work out <laughs> what would be best. 
I think it is going to be more than likely that it's not going to have the crawl, and uh, I'm good with that. I think it is for probably will be for the best if the movies have their own unique way to start each Star Wars story film off. That's what I hope for, that each one has something for each Star Wars story film or standalone film, whatever. They each have something similar that they start the same way, just like the saga films mm-hmm. do, but yet its own thing, whether it's the newsreel style type thing like the Clone Wars, which I think would be really cool, or if they just create something new. But either way, I'm looking forward to see what it is. It just uh, kind of have it set its own unique way of starting a new Star Wars story film off. Like you said, it is have it, you know, be the first one of many firsts that we're going to get with Rogue One. Yeah. And if for whatever reason, the thing that they uh, use to replace the crawl ends up being terrible and everybody hates it and there's a big controversy over it, then we're totally doing an episode titled Carnage of Crawl. (laughs) Nailed it. So hopefully that happens now so that we can use that title. <laughs> uh, no, hopefully not. That one can just stay in my brain. <laughs> we'll, we'll work it in somehow, some way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, that's, uh, you know, just a bit of uh, rumor scrounging there. Um, and then uh, there was an article at USA Today where Gareth Edwards talked about the film a little bit and talked about um, director Krennic's uh, place within the Empire Um, And this guy is starting to sound more and more interesting, like, um, and I know I said that he's kind of my, my one gripe, I guess, so far from the trailers that we've seen is that, like, they just, I don't know, I'm not gonna, I I won't say that I think he's gonna be an underwhelming villain, like, he's, I I think he's definitely not gonna be, like, the next Captain Phasma or anything. Um, You had to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um... But it's the, the the trailers and the footage that we've seen so far haven't done a great job of making him seem like he's going to be a really interesting and compelling villain. But some of the information that we've gotten behind the scenes sounds like he could be. Um, and uh, just in this little snippet from the article, Gareth Edwards says, it feels like if the Empire ever have a job vacancy, they go to the Royal Shakespeare Company to headhunt people. Um, and of course, he's talking about how all the uh, Imperial officers typically are just kind of like stuffy British dudes. Um, and he says, I like the idea that Ben's character was much more working class and rose in the ranks through sheer force of personality and ideas. Um, but then he says, Krennic hits a brick wall in the hierarchy where they won't let him in the club, and it's going it's going to turn into a them or us situation, either Krennic or Tarkin and the others. Um, and unfortunately, we kind of know how it's going to end if you put it in those terms, because uh, if it's either going to be Krennic or Tarkin, well... Only one of those guys is in A New Hope, so, yeah. It's not looking good for Krennic, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's the safe way to put it. Yeah. Uh, you but know, at the same time, it's like, that's kind of what I was expecting, and I'm glad that it looks like that's how it's going to play out, because I think that is a better story for him, where he just tries so hard to make his name known in the Empire, and the Death Star is like his baby sort of speak as far as you know his big thing to get him where he wants to be with palpatine vader and Tarkin. but yet something goes wrong and i still think that uh brick wall he's gonna hit is gonna be a big black suited <laughs> brick wall with a mm-hmm. red lightsaber <laughs> yep um yeah and man like yeah you don't mess with vader you don't That's... mess with you don't mess with Tarkin when he's allied with vader I know. <laughs> the odds are not with him. Even with his awesome Death Troopers, it's not going to look good for Krennic. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, kinda, I we're, were speculating before in previous episodes where what's going to happen with Krennic and what 
type of if any action sequence with Vader going to have, I'm still thinking it's more likely it's going to be with Krennic and maybe his death troopers, or he makes one last stand or some way to try to save himself. And but Vader's right there, and maybe takes a few of his death troopers with him, just you know, for his bodyguards. But Vader takes him out, and then Krennic. I think that could be that big Vader moment that Kathleen Kennedy hinted at, and you know, we're not necessarily sure if he's going to go up against any of the rebels in Rogue One, but. We know that she said that he plays, he, or he looms large in a big part of the movie, and that can deal mm-hmm. with Krennic rather than the Rebels. So I think it's, that scenario is looking more and more likely. Yeah, man, I would love to see him try to like start some kind of coup or something, like, and I don't know what's going to cause this rift between like him and Tarkin and Vader and all this kind of stuff. But you know, if, if something happens where he's just like, all right, you know what, I'm fed up with this. Like, if Vader doesn't want to listen to me you know, fine, I'm doing things my way. And he takes a squad of death troopers and like marches into Vader's chamber and is like, I'm taking over here. And, you know, Vader pulls the, it's treason then. Yeah. Uh, You know, like, like great callback to revenge of the Sith or even carnage of (laughs) crowd. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think he's going to use the exact same line, but the same situation where somebody sorely underestimates a Sith Lord and thinks that uh, they can, get the upper hand um of course if you're a high-ranking officer in the empire and you think that you actually have a chance of like taking your troopers and taking down darth vader you obviously are lacking in intelligence um you have troopers that look that cool it's hard not to have that confidence that they're gonna you know be able to put up a fight and try to help you win (laughs) but like uh, i don't know I mean, I know not everybody knows he's Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, maybe you figure, hey, if clones could wipe out the Jedi in Order 66, you know, maybe these guys can take out a Sith Lord. But, uh, nah, it's it's Darth Vader. Your chances are not good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it should be a... If that all does play out, it should make for a pretty cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, just another reason to be excited about this movie. Like... Who doesn't want to see more of Vader in action? Yeah, again, it ties into a little bit too with uh, how I keep, how much I'm looking forward to Catalyst because you know that's going to be pretty centered on Krennic and his relationship with Galen Erso, and I think it's going to play a role of how we see him or find out how he makes up and moves up in the ranks of the Empire to get to where he is. As uh, Gareth Edwards says that you know he had to rise through the ranks by his sheer force uh, by his personality and ideas and i'm sure we'll get a lot of info onto what that was in uh, the catalyst novel so mm-hmm. that's another reason to look forward to that book too yeah definitely um which is coming out in just a couple of weeks here um yep. less wait. than a, yeah less than two weeks it's on the 15th so um yeah so we've got that to look forward to um and then there's uh, also this article from the hollywood reporter where michael giacchino was talking about um you know, his work on scoring the film and, uh, you know, the music and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's just talking about how, you know, it's been fun, but it's also been stressful. And like we talked about and kind of we're speculating, um, it does seem like the schedule is kind of a little tight. Um, so much so that he said he had to work through his birthday and he didn't want to go to work that day, but he had to because the scheduling was so tight. Um, and then he says, so I go to sit down and turn on the screen to work and all of these stormtroopers are running around. And I thought to myself, all right, this is not a bad birthday. Um, even though he was looking forward to doing whatever he had to do on his birthday, which I'm sure was going to be fun for him, but how can you not want to go to work or work on Star Wars? I'm sorry, no matter what's going on in your life. Yeah. 
it's hard to imagine not wanting to do something with Star Wars related for your job. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you have to work on your birthday, at least you get to work on Star Wars. That's kind of a birthday present all in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, not surprisingly, he says, uh, you know, the one character that it, whose theme he's most excited for people to hear is Jin. Um, and that, just, you know, he says uh, they he loves what they've done with the character in the movie and everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just again, the thought of new music and new themes and, uh, you know, a, a different composer and, you know, seeing what he gets to do with this um, just all has me pretty excited for this movie coming up. So, yep, just too bad we can't hear the soundtrack before the movie comes out. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna let that down either. <laughs> I I know you're not, and I'm still perfectly content with it. But to each his own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like we said, just just one of the many firsts for this movie. Um, but I think he's gonna do an awesome job with it. Um, and yeah, just, I keep hearing good things about his Doctor Strange score too. Everyone's saying it's like the best Marvel soundtrack. For oh, okay. One of the films yet, so. Yeah, I don't think I've. I mean, I've heard a few things about Doctor Strange, but I hadn't heard anything about uh, the music specifically yet. So that's good to know. Um, and then uh, we've also got some new character posters for Rogue One, um, you know, showing like the uh, the faces of all the main characters um, kind of done in the, the same style of that poster where um, Jin's face is like prominent on the poster and it's got sort of the overlay of the Death Star, like technical plans um on her face well now they've got the same thing for uh you know Cassian and Chirrut and Baze and Bodhi and K2SO and Saw Gerrera and Krennic um you know all of them looking at like they're uh you know staring at Death Star holograms and stuff it's funny because I think out of all of these which one was it I oh well (laughs) Bodhi Rook you can clearly tell just like has the whole Death Star on his face um, all these other ones, it looks like different, various sort of schematic sections. So, although I guess with Chirrut, you can also kind of see where the dish is. Um, in fact, now I'm thinking like, wait, is this the same graphic on every picture? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, think no, I don't it think it is. It's a little. I think even on Cassian, now that you mentioned, this looks almost like it could make out like part of the trench, like on the top of his. But maybe that's true. It's like you know what the Death Star looks like, so maybe putting the pieces in your head where you know (laughs) different types or parts of where the Death Star that we're familiar with and how it looks are making their way on to these posters. And if that's the case, I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I think my favorite one is K2S, though. I just love the look on his face and just how the schematics of the Death Star plan looks with with his droid body and his eyes just staring at you. I just think it looks really cool yeah and it's funny because he's his face almost looks like he's got this kind of sense of wonder yeah like even though we know he's gonna be kind of you know cynical and sarcastic and uh you know not show a whole lot of emotion it's just like the look on his face combined with the the death star schematic on him it almost seems like you can imagine him looking at this giant battle station and just going whoa <laughs> I could have worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> the... <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, these are cool to get, kind of like similar to what we got with the Force Awakens too. So I'm glad yeah. they're you know continuing the model of releasing character posters for all these movies. Mm-hmm. Just, but also like the Force Awakens, we didn't get one for Phasma, we didn't get one for Death Troopers. I can't imagine how awesome <laughs> the Death Trooper helmet would look with the Death Star schematics going on there. Uh, I guess you do kind of have a point there, but I was kind of hoping maybe we get them later, but I don't think we are. Yeah, I mean they're not main characters. I know, but. They're cool characters. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, they need to be on a poster. Yes, they do. As if it wasn't good enough that they're already on, like, every single action figure packaging. That's the thing. They know they're cool enough for the packaging. They should be good enough for the posters. They weren't <laughs> on the main one. The new one, anyway. Now they don't have a character poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity here, Lucasfilm. Come on. <laughs> uh, you better give Tim his soundtrack and his Death Troopers yeah. well in advance <laughs> of the movie. I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah watch any like either of us ever try to boycott a star wars movie like, let's see how long that lasts we'll hear everybody talking about it like three days after the movie comes out and be like nope i gotta go see it get past the idea or conception phase <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no basically for me like my idea of boycotting a star wars movie would be like going on opening day instead of the midnight show the night yeah, before exactly <laughs> or even now with the seven o'clock or six o'clock early showing it would be uh, going to the 10 or midnight show would be like boycotting yeah it. exactly it's like i'm not happy with you guys you have to wait five hours to get my money <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to the very first screening <laughs> um and then also you know speaking of just posters and new images and stuff there's also um been a lot of new images released through some of these tops trading cards um and not like a ton of new i mean it's nothing like groundbreaking or you know no big surprises or anything like that um but a lot of shots of rebel soldiers rebel pilots uh stormtroopers all that kind of stuff um there's even a very cool looking death trooper one just for tim where he looks like he's standing on a ship or space station or something and there's like a planet behind him um such a, all the trooper cards and this batch look awesome yeah <laughs> they, just so, they just look so awesome well and as much as i agree with you that the death troopers look awesome i actually think the rebels are what look the coolest in in uh at least in this particular set of cards i mean there's one card where it's just like a bunch of rebel pilots running through the base on yavin um there's one where you've got the uh, the rebel fleet trooper guy sitting up in the little sentry tower outside the base, like exactly like we see in A New Hope, um, even with his little, I don't know what it is, but it looks like a police radar gun that, you know, in A New Hope, he like tracks the Falcon in with. Um, I mean, for all we know, with this could be that exact same guy. Um, it probably is. <laughs> but then there's a couple shots of um, like a just sort of a typical rebel soldier um in sort of this just like guerrilla warfare suit and i think it looks really cool because it looks similar enough to um the you know like the rebel soldiers that we see on endor in return of the jedi but it also really has i mean you can definitely tell they're going like for a world war ii war movie kind of feel with this um Especially there's a shot, there's one of the shots of um, of one of these guys standing like in the jungle on Scarif. And it's like, if I didn't know this was Star Wars, I could have mistaken that for like a World War II photo mm-hmm. that was, you know, in color and modern digital quality and whatever. But 
you know, just the look of the outfit and everything is definitely very reminiscent of that. Um, and then when you combine that with sort of the island jungle looking uh, backdrop, it's like, you know, very evocative of that. Yeah, I just love any images of those jungle p- pictures. I mean, the one you talk about, the Rebel Soldier, and even just a normal standard Stormtrooper, a costume we've seen many times over many years. He just looks even cooler, I think, in that setting, something we never seen those type of troopers in that environment before. And I think it looks awesome. And, yeah, all those trooper shots just look so cool. Even the hover tank one, that, I know it's kind of be weird for me to say this, but that was actually my favorite card out of all these images even more than that death trooper one i just what? love the, the pose of that shot that trooper and the tank hat i just think it just looks so cool but not by a lot but just in that this batch of trooper cards that one stood out to me as my favorite <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah like you said some pretty cool stuff there um and i don't think we've even seen any of like the main characters or anything but um you know, it's it's cool that they can get us excited just looking at uh, rebel soldiers and stormtroopers. Yeah, and another thing too, what has shows us random X-wing pilots and characters. There was one that was a female X-wing pilot, which got me. I know other Star Wars fans thinking who read uh, some of the Marvel comics and the Princess Leia one. There was a character called Yvonne, who was a be- could pretty much become like Princess Leia's personal pilot on a mission but she was established as an x-wing pilot for the rebellion and that comic took place pretty much right after the destruction of the first death star and it's hard not to think (laughs) or speculate that this could be the same character i mean she might not even have a big role in rogue one but if you hear the same name and she in the card image of her you can make the argument that she does could be the same character in that comic and i think that'd be pretty cool if it ends up being the case just you know another way to tie all the stuff that's becoming out now in Star Wars, since we know it's one canon now, just tie it all together and give little, you know, homages here and there to the different mediums that they're telling these stories in. So I do kind mm-hmm. of hope that she ends up being Yvonne. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and even though, I mean, I haven't really been keeping up with the uh, the newer comics all that much, but I still think it's really cool when they do those little uh, tie-in kind of connections and things. I mean, even with the way that uh, Saw Gerrera is going to be an important character in this movie. Um, you know, the fact that they bring in a Clone Wars character like that, and it's not like Ahsoka or Captain Rex is like the main character of this movie, but just that one of the featured players is a character that we've seen before in the Clone Wars in, mm-hmm. you know, a supporting role in one story arc. Um, you know, it's just so cool that they're bringing all these elements together from all these different mediums and just tying it all together, so... Um, I'm like, I'm kind of hoping that ends up being the case now too, even though I haven't, you know, read any comics with that character that you're talking about. <laughs> the Princess Leia comic, I know it hasn't been a lot of fans' favorite, but there is some cool stuff in there. Yeah. One of these days I'll just get caught up with all of those. Um, well, I don't know about all of them. That's, that's kind of <laughs> a stretch, but I'll, I'll probably get caught up on some of them at some point. Comic-wise, Darth Vader is your number one priority to read first, if you ever do (laughs) want to get into it. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Um, And then I guess this is sort of the last Rogue One thing we have to touch on, um, is that there's a contest going on where you can win a private screening of the... uh, I was about to say of The Force Awakens, of Rogue (laughs) One in IMAX at the IMAX headquarters in Los Angeles. Um, And... They're doing it at, I guess this is, you know, they have uh, these Rogue One 
kind of display cutout things. Um, it's actually kind of, it's almost like this is made up of all the character posters, but it's got some additional uh, Death Star blueprints and schematics and some Oribesh code on there and stuff that you you can decode. Um, although I'm not sure if you actually have to decode this or not. Because in the description for this contest, it says, brush up in your Orobesh. That's how you'll decode secret messages hidden throughout the display. Um, oh, so I guess there's just secret messages that you can decode just for fun, but that's not how you enter the contest. Because um, it says, that's not all your mission. Find one of our IMAX exclusive displays. Take a picture in front of the display and post it to Twitter with the hashtag Rogue IMAX Sweeps. Um, and so they've got a list on the website here with all the different participating theaters where they have... Uh, where, where you can find these displays. And so I guess if you get to one of these theaters and take a picture of yourself in front of the display and tweet it, you could possibly win a private Rogue One IMAX screening. So that is, uh, I mean, nothing I'm going to get my hopes up that I'm going to win, but if I were to happen to, that would be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's pretty much if you were to see this standy at a theater, you want to take a picture in front of it anyway. <laughs> <So> <laughs> True. Why not just try to win a contest? But it's a pretty cool looking display too, and how the Death Star plans and the readouts and the Arabish writing that's on there—it all looks pretty cool. But it is something that I think would just to see it in person would be, you know, like I said, <laughs> it would make you want to take a picture in front of it just in itself because it is one of those standies that just stand out to you. So it is cool and. I was expecting it to be, oh, like I went a trip to like the premiere of Rogue One, but it's just a private screening. And it is IMAX, too, and they're the ones sponsoring this contest, so it does make sense. But usually these kind of sweepstakes get a chance to win the like a trip to the premiere, but not this one. Mm -hmm. But again, private screening in a IMAX theater with that big of a screen, just with you and a couple of other people, I imagine that'd be a pretty awesome experience. Yeah, not to mention, like I said, this is at the IMAX headquarters, and they said it's the same theater where Gareth Edwards and the uh, filmmaking team worked on, you know, con making the the IMAX version of the movie, um, or you know, converting it for IMAX screens or whatever they're doing. Because as far as we've heard, I don't think they're shooting any scenes for this movie in IMAX like they did for The Force Awakens. Um, Man, now that we just bring that up, I want to go see The Force Awakens in IMAX again just for that, <laughs> you know, the, the scene of the uh, the Falcon chase on Jakku. Did you ever see that in IMAX? Uh, no, I actually missed a, the IMAX run, and now I'm kicking myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was uh, – it was – that was amazing. I How just, about a double feature for this contest? You see Rogue One, and not even a double feature, just play that sequence again from The Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Or even, you know, if if they don't do it, some kind of double feature for Rogue One, you know definitely for Rogue, or I was going to say Rogue 8. For Episode 8, <laughs> you know, there'll be marathons and, you know, probably Force Awakens back in theaters at some point. So, yeah, um, yeah I would jump all over that again. I don't know. I feel like a bad Star Wars fan for missing out on that. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is pretty cool. Um, so if you happen to spot one of these in your area um, and you want to take your chances and see if you can win one of these private private screenings and go for it. Um, oh, but anyway, what I was going to say too, that with it being at the IMAX headquarters, it's like that's not just any IMAX theater. Because I've been to a few IMAX theaters and they can sometimes kind of vary in size and quality i mean overall it's pretty much always going to be a a good quality picture and sound experience and obviously a bigger screen than you would get in a normal theater but 
Um, I've been in some where the screen was pretty big and some where the screen was huge. But I'm like, if this is at their headquarters and it's, you know, the, the screen that the filmmakers used for uh, adapting the movie to IMAX in the first place, I'm like, you know, this has got to be a huge, like, perfectly crystal clear yeah. quality screen <laughs> with like the most intense surround sound you've ever heard in your life. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably the only thing better would be the private screening at uh, Lucasfilm headquarters of Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> yeah, and even then, like the sound and picture quality is probably going to be better at the IMAX headquarters. It's just like you're not at you, you wouldn't be in Star Wars heaven while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So anyway, that's I think all the Rogue One stuff we've got to cover, um, and now. Uh, the guys at making Star Wars are back at it with some rumors for Episode Eight. Um, it's been a while since we got some Episode Eight rumors and reports. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, in fact, it's been a while since we've even got Rogue One rumors from there too. But um, anyway, we've got some Episode Eight stuff. Nothing real big here. A lot. It's pretty much just. I mean, we've got three different articles here, and it's all just rumors about costumes. Um, one talking about the differences between uh, stormtrooper, or that there's going to be like some slight differences in the stormtrooper armor in uh, episode eight, um, and they say it's a very subtle change that like wouldn't even be noticeable to the average film goer. That you know the stormtroopers in episode eight are going to be pretty much the same as episode seven, um, but then they actually got somebody to do a sketch here. Um, of like the difference in the helmet, and I actually I can tell the difference here, and it's not. Um, I don't know. I mean, the average film goer might not notice it, but it's not something that you have to look real hard and play spot the difference. It's like kind of easy to tell, like on the front of the helmet, um, it looks like just sort of where that, I guess, where the mouthpiece would be. Um, it's uh, sort of a lot more in line with standard Stormtrooper helmets, I guess, or like the original trilogy model. Um, it's a little bit more reminiscent in that sense, but the overall shape of it and the visor and everything looks the same. Um, and then they're also saying that there's going to be another, uh, featured stormtrooper kind of along the same lines as, uh, FN 2199, um, also known on the, uh, memes <laughs> of the internet as the traitor guy, um, is going to be a, another guy kind of like that, um, who's at least code name at this point is the executioner. Um, and it's going to be another storm you know prominent stormtrooper that uh wields a melee weapon that's kind of another baton looking thing with like some weird three-pronged blade thingy at the end of it um which i'm not sure how i feel about that that looks kind of weird and out of place but um i don't know i i know i'm sure you have you know other feelings on uh, hoping that there would be a different featured stormtrooper yeah, I'm kind of like, do we need another featured stormtrooper? Because there's another trooper or captain <laughs> who needs more <laughs> screen time and to be developed more in episode eight. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, whatever they had planned for this executioner, just give it to Captain Phasma. That new weapon, just give it to her or whatever. But at the same time, too, I'm all for getting new types of different looking troopers and stormtroopers. And in this case, it's almost like we're getting the two-faced trooper <laughs> because with this executioner he's gonna have like half of his face is gonna be darkened almost like a black uh almost like in this uh sketch that they have on there it's almost like it's been burnt or it's 
almost like the smoke color. And I think that'd be interesting to see how that looks. Maybe like a battle hardened trooper who just, you know, been through so much, his helmet got messed up, but yet he still wears it as a symbol. But that is the code name for him right now is the executioner. I would just wonder, you know, is that going to be his real title in the movie? Is because he's going to be either executing a lot of resistance uh, prisoners and soldiers or whatnot, or he's just going to be very deadly and lethal that he gets that nickname or that code name at least. So hmm. I am fascinated with this new trooper, but at the same time, I hope it doesn't take anything away from Captain Phasma getting her time to shine that she more than deserves it after what we got in The Force Awakens. So that's the only trepidation I have about this new executioner trooper. Yeah, I, I hope Phasma gets some more screen time and character development in episode eight because i mean if nothing else like a her costume looks really cool and it needs more screen time yes and b like there's no way she could have escaped the trash compactor gotten to a ship and like gotten off the planet in time before they blew up star killer base so if they're gonna bring her back from all that like there better be a good reason for it and not just for her to have the same like three minutes of screen time in the next movie yeah really what would be the point of that yeah there there wouldn't be much of one um so yeah there's that stuff about the troopers um They've got maybe an updated rumor, I guess, on Luke's costume, which I didn't really take much from because I think we had another report from them a few months ago um, describing how Luke is going to have a different costume in Episode 8 and that it's mostly gray and has like a, a shawl tunic kind of thing and that it almost looks like uh, like a gray Count Dooku outfit or something like that and... Um, you know, now they've got some more details on it and a sketch of it here, but I'm like, wait, didn't we already know this or, you know, if, if not know for sure, at least, you know, hear about this before. So, um, yeah, kind of the new from it was that how it is going to be different than how he was in the, at the end of the force awakens where what he's going to wear here is more of a dirty worn out costume that he has where, you know, they even describe it kind of similar to how Yoda was in episode eight, you know, as far as not being cleaned and, you know, how it was in the force awake at that thing. Cause it doesn't look like that costume he had in episode seven was worn out or been used a lot. So maybe that's, he puts that on for special occasions. And then <laughs> when he goes back, you know, just to be in a lonely hermit on act two, he goes to his more worn out, dirty clothes. And especially when he's training a new potential Jedi, just to maybe have that more Yoda feel to it too. Yeah. Had to put on his Sunday best for yeah. <laughs> the one time he ever got a visitor on his lonely Island. <laughs> yeah. You've said Ray coming in the forest. Ooh, I better change. <laughs> but then they also mentioned how he's kind of has this staff where they said in the reports that they got, they're not sure if it was Ray staff that he's holding or if it's like a wood walking stick, but he said he is holding a staff during the training. So I don't know if it's, like I said, it's going to end up being something that he has on his own or if he's using Ray's staff to train. But they also said, too, they couldn't see or tell if they had if he had his lightsaber hilted on his belt or anywhere in these uh, reports that they're getting. So mm-hmm. makes you wonder, too, if, did he lose his green lightsaber or did he just put it away and doesn't want to take it out for whatever reason? So. Yeah. Well, and it also sounds, too, like it was hard for you know, their, their sources or people that were, you know, spying on the set or whatever that, you know, it's kind of hard to confirm if it was like a staff or if it could have just been a lightsaber prop, you know, because on set those have 
a long stick coming yeah. out of it too. So, um, yeah, hard to tell for sure. Um, I know, which, but man, it's Luke Skywalker. We better get to see him use that green lightsaber after all this time. Yeah, I was gonna say that sequence of Luke is gonna be awesome, but it's gonna be a little disappointing. We don't see him ignite a lightsaber once in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and if we don't, it better be because he's just like an awesome force wielding wizard now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he could be using a, some kind of staff to train with Ray, but he better not have just like traded in his lightsaber for a staff that he's actually going to use <laughs> to fight people. Like he better just, you know, reach for his belt, be like, Oh, I don't have a lightsaber. Oh, well. And like blink and send someone flying off a cliff with a, you know, with the force. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I got a feeling though it's going to tie into, you know, maybe feeling guilty about what happened with Kylo Ren and wiping out his Jedi Academy that he had or try to set up and where it's just something where that he maybe feels like he failed. He doesn't deserve the right to hold a lightsaber anymore. So I don't know. I think eh. there's going to be some type of regret type feeling of him not wanting to use it. Eh, he could just be like Ahsoka and get a white lightsaber then. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not a Jedi anymore, but I still need my weapon. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if that plays a big role. I mean, we still got, you know, his original or Anakin's blue lightsaber that hopefully <laughs> we get more information to as to how Maz uh, came into possession of it and just what he thinks of seeing that again and if he's going to, you know, pass it down to Ray right away or if he takes it and kind of has a thing where you have to earn it before I officially give it to you. So I don't know. I'm intrigued with these lightsaber scenarios now, not only just for Anakin's, but now for Luke's lightsaber for Return of the Jedi. If they're mm-hmm. actually going to play a role in Episode Eight. Yeah, maybe he stashed it in R2 again when he, you know, shut him down and gave him the piece of the map Ooh. and... Yeah, not. Um, I like that idea, actually. Yeah, and then, you know, we could have a. And uh, we know R two went with him to Act two at the end, so. Yeah. He, he could easily get it back from it if that's the case. Oh, I thought you were saying like, Act two as in <laughs> Act two of the story, and then I was like, oh. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I I've I'm very interested to see if they actually ever say the name of the planet in the movie, but. I yeah I thought it was like Octo or uh, I don't know yeah I'm sure however I'm saying it is is wrong so <laughs> hopefully they'll say it so I can know how to per- properly pronounce it whenever we talk about it again. <laughs> um, yeah, and then lastly, um, the I think the most recent rumor that they came out with is about uh, Kylo Ren's costume. Um, and just saying how he's still obviously going to be obsessed with Darth Vader in this movie, um, that he's still going to have the same helmet that he had in the last movie, but that his costume is going to be different, and that he's basically just going to have um, maybe sort of even more simple, like, black robes, um, and they describe it, or compare it to something like um, Luke's outfit from Return of the Jedi, and then with a black cape over it that is very similar to Vader's cape, and, you know, they were kind of speculating on... Um, you know, he could have just made himself a cape to look like Vader's or that maybe it's actually a cape that once belonged to Vader. Um, if it somehow, you know, fell into the hands of like a, some kind of collector in the galaxy or something like that. Um, but you know, I don't know. I honestly, I like his costume a lot from the force awakens. So I hope they don't change it too much, but, um, 
I don't know, he could rock a cape pretty well, I guess. I guess the thing that I'm kind of not as crazy about is, like, if he is just wearing, like, a plain black kind of shirt and pants. Like, I mean, not that I have anything against Luke's outfit from Return of the Jedi, but, I don't know, from for Kylo Ren to go from his last outfit to that just seems kind of, um, I don't know, a little less interesting, maybe. But then at the same time, you know, I haven't actually seen any pictures of it or anything obviously so i'll reserve judgment until i actually see it in well i was going to say in the movie but obviously we'll see it in a trailer or something before that um but either way um yeah episode eight is still at the top of my uh most anticipated star wars movies list so whether it's you know new costumes new storylines i mean just getting to see luke in action again like December of next year can't come soon enough for me. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It, actually, it's been a while, like we said, since we've gotten some new reports and rumors on episode eight, which is true, but it felt good talking about rumors and speculation again for <laughs> yeah the next episode of the Star Wars saga. It felt like it's been a while. It's just always fun to speculate and hope to say what we hope for and what we think is going to happen. It's always a good time. But mm. as far as Kylo Ren goes, yeah, I just like the idea of him trying to look more and more like Vader and if that's the reason for him having the cape I think that's awesome but like you said as far as visually it's kind of of a wait and see of how he's going to look with it because right now when I picture just his costume and mask from The Force Awakens it does seem like the cape would look a little out of place but then again we know he's going to have like a different costume than what he had in The Force Awakens as far as you know just his uh, what he's going to wear besides his helmet and then with the cape we'll see how it looks but I just hope he still has the hood because that's Kylo mm-hmm. Ren looking the coolest is when he has that awesome mask covered with the hood on. So if he can Agreed. rock the hood and the cape, yeah, I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, also for me, I'm like, man, I just you know spent all this work putting this Kylo Ren costume together and then on the next movie, he's going to go change it on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hopefully it is something just simple as, you know, grabbing a cape and putting that on your kylo ren costume right now but. yeah well i don't know i'll probably and i've been wanting to actually make some adjustments and stuff to it anyways um because i kind of put it together i mean i i spent a lot of work and stuff on it but still was kind of working on it at the last minute before um phoenix comic-con this year and i mean the whole like robe and tunic part of it um was actually just a black cloak that i had used for a different costume before and i just kind of modified it and like cut the sleeves off and sewed it together in the front and everything. But, um, I got a costume pattern at, uh, the fabric store that was like basically a pattern for a Kylo Ren costume. And the only thing I used for it from that this year was for the hood piece. But I'm like, now I could go back and do the whole, you know, the tunic and the robe and everything from scratch. So, um, kind of want, been wanting to, to, go back and revisit that and make some improvements on it. But I still think unless I see a trailer for episode eight and go, Oh man, that's super cool. I want to do that costume. Like I'm planning to probably just stick with the force awakens version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that's going to be the case <laughs> where you're going to see that trailer. And, oh man, that looks awesome. Uh, maybe. Hey, don't have that much longer. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty much, I'm going to say 100% we're going to get that trailer at Celebration in oh, April. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll have that long, that long to wait until you got to hope if they show him, which I imagine they will. But maybe it'll just be like a close-up shot of his helmet in his face where you don't see the full costume. But no, I'm hoping they show the, the full body of his new costume if it's 
you know, going to be different than what it was in The Force Awakens, like this report is saying. Yeah. Well, and even if it's not in whatever trailer they show at Celebration next year, they could still have another, you know, gallery of costumes and props and stuff there like they did last year. So, Um, man, but that's a whole different can of worms that we could dive into at some other point, you know, just stuff we're excited for at Celebration next year and... I'm like, man, as much as I love talking about these episode eight rumors and stuff, I'm trying not to get too excited thinking about like what we're going to see in the first episode eight trailer and stuff when we've got another Star Wars movie coming out (laughs) a month and a half from now. So yeah, we're going to be talking about or moving on to episode eight pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Which again is fine with me. Yep. Um, but speaking of capes, if Kylo Ren gets the cape, hopefully Captain Phasma gets a new cape too, because hers is going to be so messed up and dirty in that trash compactor. So. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said, cool to be, you know, talking rumors and speculate. Although I mean, there's not really anything to like speculate on. Uh, it's just kind of reading these rumors about the costumes. So hopefully we get some more rumors about you know story plot points and stuff like that um but you know non ones that are not too spoilerish um (laughs) and of course i'll let you know if they're too spoiler or not (laughs) oh yeah tim is always my uh my gate guard when it comes to rumors and spoiler territory um and i'm gonna try yeah gosh i don't know like I want to kind of stay away from spoilers a little bit more for episode eight than I did for episode seven. But at the same time, like once that stuff starts coming out and it's like, you know, new description of a scene between Luke and Kylo Ren, I'll be like, how am I supposed to not click on that? (laughs) I know, right? So why even kid yourself? (laughs) Like I love Star Wars and I breathe oxygen and have blood pumping through my veins. So my fingers hitting the the click button on that. (laughs) I'm planning to do the same thing I did with The Force Awakens. I mean, it'd be nice if I am able to stay away from a lot of big spoilers, but the stuff I really want to stay away from is, you know, scene descriptions and how stuff plays out once we get closer to the movie, because that's where, you know, I want to hold off on that stuff. Mm -hmm. But as we hit 2017, the early months of that year, probably up till even in the summer, I'll be kind of scoping out for what's coming out. But once we hit the fall... That's when I'll put on the brakes a little bit, just like I did with The Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, again, just because there have been a lot less rumors and stuff lately. Um, and I know Episode Eight is still over a year away. But I'm like, at this time, two years ago, when The Force Awakens was over a year away, we were you know in full swing of rumor mode. So... Um, you know, we'll see if we end up with uh, a similar amount of stuff to talk about next year. But um, anyway, getting to our last bit of movie news, and it feels weird to be talking about The Force Awakens last uh, know, right? <laughs> when we go through all these movies and stuff. But obviously, this is the one that's already come out. Um, but, you know, the uh, the collector's edition 3D Blu-ray uh, comes out in a couple weeks Um and of course, it's got you know new deleted scenes and director commentaries and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if we've really been like tweeting the links out and stuff like that, but I've been seeing stuff on a couple different sites about um, little snippets of the uh, the director's commentary that they've been revealing, and you know just JJ Abrams saying certain things. Actually, that, this was 
Oh. So I was going to say that is something I'm actually kind of staying away from right now because oh, that, okay. we're so close. And I want to experience that commentary, just going in fresh and hearing what JJ has to reveal about certain inside stuff on the force awakens so i've been kind of staying away from like the clips and audio takes from his commentary so okay that's kind of why well, i haven't <laughs> watched any clips of it yet but i i've just read a couple things in articles where they say uh you know jj abrams says this and it's not like i've been trying to read it because it's audio commentary it's just like you know jj abrams reveals some new information about the force awakens and i'm like oh interesting let me read that and then i actually go and read the article and it says like you know, this is from a snippet of the commentary of the Blu-ray that comes out in a couple weeks, and I'm like, oh. Um, yeah, but then I go ahead and I want to have that anyway, feeling so. while I'm watching and listening to it, like, oh, that's awesome. Like, he reveals yeah. something cool about that instead of okay. just reading it before two weeks that come, before the Blu-ray comes out. Well, then I won't say the thing I was going to say. Um, <laughs> okay. Because this, I mean, if you're waiting to listen to the commentaries, this could be, I mean, it's not like a huge bombshell, but. The only thing I read because I knew about it, or at least I assumed what it was, it was his explanation of the whole Kylo Ren killing Han Solo and what he was, what his thought process was through that. And that was kind of always what I assumed it was, too. So that was... Oh, yeah, yeah. And I read that, too. And again, that was nothing hugely surprising there. Um, but there is one other thing that he says about some... Uh, I don't know, giving a little bit of insight to uh, some of the, the backstory. And it's something that we've speculated about a lot. So I won't spoil it for you, but I fully expect on our next episode that we will uh, get into some interesting discussion about that. I see. That's exactly what I'm hoping for from this commentary. <laughs> so yeah. that has me excited for it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll get to that next time. Oh, but what I was, what we were getting to with the, the news article here. Um, is that they've also been, I don't, I'm not sure if they've released any more of these, but at least on entertainment weekly, they've released a uh, preview of one of the new deleted scenes. Um, and it's one that we had talked about in the past that we were disappointed. Wasn't on the first Blu-ray release and sure enough, they were holding out on us to try to, to get, try to get us to spend more money for this collector's edition <laughs> one. Um, and it's working, <laughs> but it's the scene uh, in Maz's castle where Unkar Plutt shows up and is, uh, you know, kind of hassling Ray for stealing his ship. Um, and Chewie shows up and is like, hey, quit messing with my friend. And the scene cuts out early, but, you know, I, I think we all know how that's going to end um, <laughs> with the fulfillment of a, an old promise of uh, Wookiees getting angry and removing limbs from sockets <laughs> uh it's gonna be glorious <laughs> yes it is what i love about this clip and i'm glad they didn't show you know the big moment of that scene in this clip because that's another thing i want to experience for the first time when i pop in the new blu-ray set but i, I wasn't expecting you know the uncar plot really torment or taunt chewy by poking at his wound and it's like and you hear chewy just kind of like oh like kind of yiping yeah. type of thing. He's just making you feel really bad for him. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see Uncar Plark get what's coming to him and to see, see Chewie be put in that pain and then knowing what he's going to do afterwards. Oh, it's going to be sweet. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? This might actually fix one of my problems with The Force Awakens now because now that awkward random scene in the resistance base towards the end of the movie when uh. that <laughs> nurse lady is like 
doing some medical scan thing on Chewie's arm, and she's like, you must be so brave. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that Chewie was bragging about ripping Uncar Plutt's arms out. <laughs> well, yeah, might as well, because he's shot plenty of stormtroopers before. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he could also be talking about having caught Rathtars and stuff, but... Um, Nah, yeah, he'll be like, oh, there was this big mean dude, and I ripped his arms out, no biggie. <laughs> yeah, it was a, this that scene they tease on Entertainment Weekly was just perfect. Get you excited for that moment, but not show it yet. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be so awesome to see, see Chewie take, you know, get, give a Uncar Plart what's coming to him. Exactly. Um, yeah, so can't wait to see that. Um, so, yeah, but, man, it's it's cool that we're getting right back into the thick of uh you know that time when there's a lot of awesome star wars stuff coming out in the next couple months i mean obviously we got rogue one but then also like i said i think november 15th is the release date of um both the force awakens 3d blu-ray and uh the rogue one catalyst novel um the ahsoka novel is already out i don't know if we we might have mentioned that on our last episode. I don't remember exactly how long that's been out, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. Um, and I'm definitely going to read that one too. That's not just one of those ones that I say I'm going to get around to eventually. Like <laughs> I think I've got that sitting in my shopping cart on Amazon right now. Well, yeah, I just finished it this past week and it was really good. I mean, for me, it did its job perfectly as far as filling in, not all, but some of the gaps from when we saw Soka in Clone Wars to what we know she becomes in Rebels. So, they did a good job of showing her journey into transitioning from one era or one part of her life to the next. That was really cool. Yeah. So can't wait to check that out. Um, of course we're right in the middle of, uh, you know, rebel season three is in full swing right now. So it's been a great season so far. Yeah. I, I have really been enjoying that so far. Um, I would say so far season three is definitely, I don't know if I could say it's the best season so far, just because, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see them connect the dots on the whole Thrawn storyline and everything. But um, just through the first few episodes, I'm definitely enjoying it more than I was with season two, um, aside from Siege of Lothal, because that's probably still the second best episode the show's ever done. Um, yeah, I think out of the gate, it's probably gotten off the strongest out of the three seasons so far. But yeah, yeah. I know I'm watching myself and gone through all, every episode of the season two Blu-ray. I'm almost done. I'm on the third disc, but there is, there's good episodes in there. I have to say maybe just, you know, how the gap between certain episodes were and waiting for them. But when did you watch them kind of in a row? There's a lot of good ones. I think mm. that are in, you know, once you see them in sequence, there's some good stories in there. So, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to knock on it too much or anything. Like I, I definitely enjoyed season two. Um, I guess maybe part of it is I never really was into, like, the new Inquisitors that they had. Mm. Um, I mean, I really liked the Grand Inquisitor in Season 1, and then Season 2, like, the fifth brother was just kind of like a brute who didn't really do much. Um, he, he was, like, Savage Press uh, light. Um, or was the the term I'm looking at? He was like a poor man, Savage Press. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. And then the the seventh sister was a poor man's Asajj Ventress. Um, and you know, for as much it was a good costume, but it, I mean, it, for as much hype and promotion as she got, and everybody was like, "Oh, there's this awesome new female villain." I was like, "Okay, it's you know cool that they got a you know new character and stuff, but she's not really 
doing much to impress me story-wise. Um, so, yeah, I still think they, they still have yet to top uh, the Grand Inquisitor from Season 1, aside from with Vader, obviously, because he tops everybody. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> and, and Maul. Um, yeah, him going after Obi-Wan. Let's see that happen. Oh, man, it's, that's the Season 3 finale. It's like... It's... <laughs> It's hard not to speculate. He that lives. Yep. Uh, <laughs> how great was uh, the last new episode we got, The Last Battle, with so much Clone Wars goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we've episode. talked about that. Um, I mean, I know we haven't talked about it on the show, but I don't think you and I have really yeah. talked Rebels since then. And, man, like, I was expecting, you know, the cool, like, you know, seeing Rex shooting battle droids and stuff. But it was, I mean, the thing that got me was how much music from the clone wars they used in that mm-hmm. um and obviously i was expecting to hear the old clone theme again but when they do like that first wave of the battle with rex and kanan and ezra taking on that first wave of battle droids and they just straight up play the battle of christophsis music right out of the first clone wars movie and i was like i'm feeling all the clone wars feels right now <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool i, I just love the whole reasoning and the story behind it as far as that happened how those droids and i'm blanking on the tactical droids name but it's it was the same general one. kalani yeah that was the same one from Onderon. and i think they even mentioned the planet that he said he was going to at the end of Onderon. that's where he was stuck on just how yeah he didn't you know <laughs> he did something to you know not be switched off when uh, palpatine gave that order and oh that, right that, right yeah when uh well he's he's telling Anakin on Mustafar when he's in the Separatist base, he's like, send a command to the droid armies uh, that all Separatist units must, must shut down. And Kalani was like, yeah, I got that order and said no, because it sounded like a trap. <laughs> yeah. I know, I just how for him and the droids and the program of the Clone Wars haven't ended yet. And even when Rex gets involved, he knows it's over, but the part of him that's the soldier and what he was bred for is like, yeah, he did, they doesn't have full closure. And I know this was kind of an, a problem some people have with the episode was how quote unquote Ezra ended the Clone Wars. But I don't think that's necessarily what they were trying to get across. I mean for Rex and Kalani, yeah, he kinda gave them closure, but not necessarily ended the like he wasn't the reason the Clone Wars ended. We all know why yeah. they ended. So yeah. I just think for for Rex and Kalani that for them they got closure. And even though Rex does tell Ezra, you ended the Clone Wars. We it's kind of, you know, Maybe exaggerating a little bit there. Because yeah, exactly. I don't think I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was cool that yeah, Rex and Kalani does have closure, and even who knows, maybe him and his droid army will meet up with the Rebel Alliance later on after you know his percentage goes up from that one percent of their chance of succeeding. Maybe after they close up the Death Star, he'll realize they have a chance of beating the Empire. So yeah, exactly. A lot of cool stuff laid out that you know maybe could play out in the future. But man, it was just so cool to see. Rex and his clone trooper helmet fighting battle droids with two Jedi again, and then seeing stormtroopers and the walkers <laughs> take out battle droids. It was just a cool mesh of two eras of Star Wars that I just love. So mm-hmm. right now, that's my favorite episode of the season. It lived up to my hype <laughs> and expectations that I had for it. Yeah, I I might have to go with that one as well. Although I still, I mean, I like the Maul one, and I actually really like the one with... Um, Hera on Ryloth with uh, Thrawn. Um, that one might still be my favorite of the season so far, as far as like the new stuff that they're doing with season three. 
But as far as obviously just, you know, sort of from a nostalgic, I miss Clone Wars standpoint, like, yeah, how can you not love the last battle? And like, I don't know, it's it's hard to say where that one would rank as one of my favorite episodes of Rebels because it almost feels like it should go in its own separate category of like they wanted to go back and make one last Clone Wars episode. Mm, yeah, and even how it ended with you know not just the, the typical Rebel logo, but it was yeah, oh, I wanted to play the yeah. Clone Wars theme. that was awesome. Man, oh, I loved that so much. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> the little touches like that that you know where it almost made it feel like a Clone Wars episode, mm-hmm. and you know where I totally was not expecting that and it wasn't like some mind-blowing plot twist it was just like a really nice little callback to like my favorite animated show of all time it was funny i never thought i'd say this when i saw the clone wars movie back in 2008 but it felt good and nice to hear the battle droids and their jokes again (laughs) (laughs) took me back to those what's like watching a clone wars episode which were good times it was even nice hearing their annoying voices again (laughs) yeah i mean that was one thing that I was like, I mean, it didn't annoy me per se, but I was like, oh, yeah, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it just took you back to the Clone Wars. Like, oh, this feels good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, definitely just the overall Clone Wars feeling of it. Um, it, was I mean, it looks really like good. the one episode we're going to get this coming weekend is going to be another good one, too, with more Mandalore stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always love seeing more of those guys. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like we were saying, Rebels in full swing, new Star Wars movie coming out in less than a couple months. Um, you know, stop us if you've heard this one before, but it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> really? I thought the perfect time was, you know, um, 2006 when episode three was done. There was no TV show or nothing. Wasn't that the peak time to be a Star Wars fan? <laughs> um... I mean, that was the peak time to have a Star Wars marathon. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> you didn't have to worry about watching seven movies and having to wait four more years to complete the set. Um, or you can contemplate watching episodes from TV shows of Star Wars <laughs> to put in your marathon. Yeah, that too. Um, well, I think in 2006, like, we knew that there was going to be a Clone Wars series. Um, yeah, but we didn't have it. There was but yeah, no we didn't have it yet. Taken that year. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was a simpler time, but obviously it's it's way better now having all the awesome stuff that we have. Yeah, we're so. in the stuff dreams are made of right now mm-hmm. <laughs> in regards to Star Wars, that's for sure. Yeah. It's funny because if you went back and told my 2006 self that Darth Maul would still be alive in 2016, I would be like, oh, George, please stop. <laughs> and now he's one of the most intriguing characters that has yeah. come out of well I can't say it for everybody but at least for me one of the most intriguing characters come out of Star Wars just to see his journey unfold yeah and you know that's funny like and I think I was talking to somebody about this the other day I'm like I still don't know that they necessarily needed to bring Darth Maul back or like the way that they explained it I still don't know that it like necessarily makes sense it's like, sure, they said his hatred kept him alive and whatnot, but it's like, you kept yourself alive with the top half of your body at the bottom of a pit, 
for 10 years, somehow got transported to a trash planet and like built yourself some spider legs. But yeah, that's all fine and good. Like, how did you go to the bathroom? Like <laughs> <laughs> basic anatomical functions here. Like that just doesn't make sense, but I don't really care because this, you know, the way that they explained him still being alive might not have been the most satisfying, but the stories that they came up with after that were satisfying. And it was like, Okay, it might not make sense that he's still alive, but I'm glad that he is because if Darth Maul had died on Naboo, we would never get to see a lightsaber duel between a Sith Lord and a Mandalorian warrior with an ancient black lightsaber and, you know, all this awesome stuff that we've gotten, you know, since then and his rematches with Obi-Wan and now the stuff he's up to on Rebels and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm very happy you know, with where they've gone with that, so. Palpatine's line in Revenge of the Sith fixes all that. The dark side has a pathway to many abilities, some consider to be unnatural, and I'm sure that applies to going to the bathroom as well when you don't have <laughs> the lower half of your body. <laughs> you do make a good point there. <laughs> um, but still, like, the Force is, you know, part of nature, and it's created by all living things, so it can't, like defy the laws of nature it can defy physics it can't defy the laws of nature um this sounds like a question for rebels recon that they can ask pablo what the official status of I'm darth maul's situation regarding that <laughs> <laughs> next time there's a darth maul episode i'm tweeting that to pablo hidalgo <laughs> can you tell we've reached the point of the episode where we're done with all the news and it's late at night and we're just rambling yeah but it's about that time <laughs> it's the most fun part you never know what you're gonna get uh, yep, the end of sure. the episode is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> uh, I should have seen that one coming. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have because you didn't know what you were going to get. <laughs> uh, where's my drum rim shot? Going? <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to go there. Uh, that was great. Um. Anyway, let's wrap this up before we... Uh, get into really weird territory. Um, but just last uh, thing we want to mention before we wrap up here, and this isn't really Star Wars related, but um, of course this is with our uh, Thunderquack Patreon, uh, or, you know, the Patreon page for the Thunderquack podcast network that we're part of. Um, as we've changed up the way we're doing things a little bit, just as far as the, uh, the reward tiers uh, for donations and things like that. Um, so now... Um, I guess if you pledge $1 a month, uh, you get access to the Thunderquack Facebook group, um, as well as the exclusive Thunderquack podcast. Um, which, which I just recorded an episode with, with Michael Cohen, we're talking more about Donald Glover and Lando and believe it or not, how Indiana Jones can tie into the MCU. So if you want to find out how that's possible, check out that podcast. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so you can, and that's a, a sort of extra podcast where, uh, you know, Michael Cohen, who's kind of the ringleader of this whole thing, he'll have, uh, you know, a guest on or something with him every time and just talk about the nerdy topics of the day. It's not, you know, a, specifically a Star Wars podcast or Marvel or DC or anything specific. It's just kind of um, whatever the 
nerdy topic of the moment happens to be. Um, but that is an exclusive podcast for the Patreon members. Um, and then at the $5 level, uh, you get access to the um, MP3 podcast version of the uh, monthly uh, roundtables that we do on YouTube every month. Um, so you can you know, download those and listen to them separately. Um, at $7, you receive a super secret, super spoopy piece of snail mail from the double X-Files team, Courtney and Allison. Uh, don't ask me what I just read. I just read it <laughs> off the website. Uh, you can go check that out for yourself. But if you want some super secret snail mail, you can uh, get that at that low. I have no idea what's included you in know, that snail mail. More than likely be X-Files related since that is an X-Files podcast. So well, <laughs> X-Files yeah. fans will probably get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, super secret snail mail. I don't know what's in there cause it's super secret. So, um, and of course all these, you also, uh, get to have your name in the either hall of heroes or the rogues gallery on the Thunderquack website as well. Um, and like I said, access to the Facebook group. Um, and then at the $10 level, you get exclusive access to the Thunderquack AMA, uh, which is what ask me anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and every month we're going to have one of the hosts on the, uh, from the network do one of these, um, ask me anything things. Um, so I don't know, I guess I'll have to talk to Mike and see exactly how we're doing that. I know he's doing the first one in November. Um, and then, you know, we're all going to kind of just take turns after that. I'm not sure if we just like post it or if we have to do a video, um, of ourselves answering these questions or, you know, however people usually do that. Um, but that could be fun. You never know what kind of wacky questions people are going to come up with there. Um, and then, uh, I guess for $15, you get the, uh, pull box reader pull of the month. Um, you record a special 20 minute pull box podcast reader pull segment, uh, featuring a graphic novel of your choice. Um, and that goes on the, uh, the pull box podcast that Mike and Curtis do, I believe, um, where they talk about comics and graphic novels and whatnot. Um, and then for $20, you get the early access bundle where you get um, early access to the Thunderquack podcast one week before it's released. Um, $50, you get to guest star in your favorite podcast, um, which could be ours. Um, and then uh, for $100, you get a one-hour private Skype session with the Thunderquack host of your choice. Uh, nobody will ever know what you talked about unless you decide to share the recording with them. Um, so those are all the different uh, donation levels that we have on our Thunderquack Patreon now. Um, kind of changed up you know, some of the, the different rewards and things from how it had been before. Um, but if you're interested in supporting all the great shows that we have on here, um, the website for that is Patreon uh well it's not this one i think it's just pa uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack um i think yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. the website for this um it's not the website for the post i was just reading which messed me up i'm like no people don't need to go to patreon.com slash post slash patreon dash rewards dash 713 uh no it's patreon.com slash thunderquack um it's where you can find the info for all that um and of course uh you know you can find out info about all the various podcasts and whatnot um at thunderquack.com um i think i always get confused because it's the thunderquack network i always think there's like a dot net in there somewhere but no it's just thunderquack.com um is the 
the website for that. And then, of course, you can uh, check us out at StarWarsTSC.com. You can follow us on Twitter at StarWarsTSC. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StarWarsTheSagaContinues. Uh, you can send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, of course, we always love to uh, hear input and feedback and stuff from you guys and, uh, you know, just hear your opinions on whatever Star Wars stuff happens to be going on. You know, do you uh, like the choice of Donald Glover as Lando? Do you want to have the movie be titled Scruffy Nerf Herders? Um, <laughs> how do you think Darth Maul went to the bathroom with the lower half of his body chopped off? Let us know what you think. The important um, question is that we'd love to hear your opinions on <laughs> Exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's all the information on how you can uh, get in contact with us. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back with another episode, I'm sure, sometime soon. Uh, I don't know, maybe in a couple of weeks we can talk about the, the Force Awakens Blu-ray and the commentary and stuff on there. Um, if not, I know the week after that we'll have uh, that new Rogue One sneak peek to talk about. So um, we'll definitely be back uh, you know, with more exciting stuff as we get ramped up towards the release of Rogue One here. Um, so... Yeah, enjoy the ride. Um, enjoy all this awesome Star Wars stuff. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Uh-huh.